flames are pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. FirestormFan.com. I am one of your hosts, uh, Aquaman Shrine's Rob Kelly, and with me as always is my co-host, the crestfallen, irascible Shag. Shag, how are you feeling? Shit. (laughs) All right, folks. Uh, (laughs) And with that... (laughs) The time is... uh, Call the deceased at, um... <laughs> well, it's not over yet. Now, hold on. I know, but, uh, we're recording this today, guys. Just to peel back the veil, you'll hear this a little later, but three hours ago, so just a mere three hours ago, it was announced that the Fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, will be canceled with issue number 20, which will come out, oh, hell, I don't know, four months, something like that. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I, I, I look. I look. I, it's not that I don't uh, have uh, sympathy because I do, but I really need you to quit your pitching because what volume of Firestorm are we up to here? Is this the third number three? Four. Four. What was the? Okay, there was the seventies one. Yep. Then there was Fury of Firestorm, and what was yep. the, what was the one after that? Then the Jason Rush. Fury. Oh, the Jason Rush. Okay, yep. so this is number four. Now, if you bothered to read the Aquamantron, and I know you don't, but if you did. <laughs> you would see that these current version of this current series of Aquaman that, that is so popular is volume number eight. So uh, you have a long way to go before you can really complain. <laughs> so, so, so I have to wait four more volumes before I get a top-selling book? Yeah, uh, yes, and by then Aquaman will be up to volume 12. So uh, he'll always be ahead. So I, I, of course, you know, before we turn the floor over to Shag to talk about this, I'm obviously – Upset about this as well. Uh, I thought Firestorm was was really cooking under Dan Jurgens, and um, I hoped that DC would give him a longer shot to turn the book around. But obviously, um, 
that is not to be. But uh, so even though I'm not terribly surprised, we knew that we knew the sales figures were bad and sort of getting worse. This is still, you know, very disappointing. And you know, so much of comics in, in almost all of entertainment is kind of a crapshoot. So it's like, you know, DC, what are you going to do? Is there some other book you're going to replace it with that's all of a sudden going to sell a lot better? I mean, other, unless it's another Batman book, it's another crapshoot. So, you know, I, I, I wish they would give it a, a little more time to for Danger Against to, to turn it around. But Yeah, I mean, it's it's not – it doesn't like, – you're right. It doesn't come as a surprise. We've all known it. Heck, I've been saying it's coming. I mean, it's yeah. it's a no-brainer. It's one of the lowest-selling DC books they've got. Uh, I do think that if they – I don't know if this is even feasible, but if they'd relaunched Firestorm with Dan Jurgens uh, when he took over as, as a number one, mm. it probably would still be around because mm. it would get that number one boost. You know, uh, It's not to say that it would make sense to relaunch a book at number one after 12 issues. I mean I don't want to be to be like Marvel and relaunch a book every year and start the numbering over. Um but I just think the Dan Jurgens run was so solid, you know, and, and, it, and it, that also goes out to Ray McCarthy and Brian Miller and Carl Kiesel, Kiesel and everyone else that's worked on the book. Um, it's not just, you know, it's, it's a team effort, obviously, but it's, it's been a great run. And I think that if if it had got enough eyeballs on it, I think it would have been successful because it was a fun comic. It mm-hmm. really was. Or I shouldn't say what well, it still is. I mean, we've we've only had four issues. The run's almost only halfway over. I mean, to be fair, we've still got seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty left. And Dan says there's still some fun surprises to come. You know, in these four issues. So it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm reading the eulogy four months too early. Truthfully, right, right. But I will I, uh, now. I'm sorry. The, go ahead. Well, just to, just to tell you guys, like, get, to kind of set the stage here. Part of the reason I'm upset is like. Like we said, we knew it was coming, but, like, I had a really crappy day at work. I mean, really crappy day at work. And then I came home, and my kids were not having the best evening, problems with getting homework done and behavior issues, and things just felt like they were pretty out of control. And then I looked down at my phone, and it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, I will say that y'all, and and this goes beyond just the fire and water community, but all the Firestorm fans are a really amazing uh, and supportive group of people. I had no kidding. Like within the first hour, before I even knew what was happening, I had fifty messages, either text messages or messages through Facebook or things on my wall or Twitter messages. Fifty different messages from people. Some of them, you know, just mentioning it. Other people like giving me condolences, or um, even my friend Rob, who went out and suggested, "What should we call the Fire and Water Podcast now?" Um, just, thanks for that. Just thinking ahead. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But uh, I just was astounded at the support for Firestorm and, and the sadness from folks and also the, the kind of, kind words people had to say towards me specifically. So I appreciate that, folks. Um, we, what we were going to talk about tonight, we were planning to record tonight anyway, folks. We were going to actually tonight do sort of a Valentine's episode, and we were going to talk about Firehawk and Mara. And uh, it was kind of cool, but that's just not going to happen right now. Yeah, we're going to put this up, put that off for a, a later, a later episode. Uh, Love is not the emotion of my heart right now. No. <laughs> and we're going to have more free time on the show fairly soon, so we'll have more time for topics. You smartass! <laughs> I will say this: I'm very disappointed. The article that this, where this news broke, which yeah. was on CBR, which was this interview with uh, Bob Harris and Bobby Chase. Um, the guy, uh, I'm sorry, not the guy, the woman, Josie Campbell, who's interviewing them, 
mentions. Uh, you've got a lot of announcements this time around, so let's start with cancellations. I understand Fury of Firestorm, Ravagers, Savage Hawkman. Hey, we have to. So Hawkman's gone too, so, you know. I know. And so is Deathstroke. I, I, extend, a really good book. Extend some tears to, to Luke. Um, Deathstroke. Yeah. I sent Luke a message already. Okay. Deathstroke, yeah. Sword of Sorcery, and Team Seven are being canceled. That in this in now in this interview with the two of them, that is the single mention of Firestorm in the entire article. I know. That I know. that to me is very disappointing. That it's like not either Miss Chase or Harris felt the need or the necessity to. Well, those are the same thing. To even mention that 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 to me felt. Now you know how Aquaman fans have felt uh, prior to Jeff Johns is this sort of, you know, real like just forgotten, dismissed kind of thing. And that that I didn't I, that almost sits worse with me more than the book being canceled is this kind of like not to not even mention. Yeah, we're kind of sorry that you know Firestorm didn't work. We it's one of our most enduring characters. I mean, he's been around for thirty years now, uh, you know, and he's had his own action figure and he's been in the cartoon series and he's gotten a lot. You know, he's gotten a lot more out there than some other DC characters. And the fact that in this whole interview, it, it, other than Josie Campbell mentioning it, you wouldn't even know it. Right. You know, so yeah. that, that, that that sort of like actually sort of pissed me off a little it, bit. It, it, it stung. It stung. Yeah. And imagine if, if Aquaman had been canceled like right after – was it American Title? Is that what it was called? The one with Sub Diego was introduced? Yeah, that was American Title, yeah. Imagine if it had been canceled right after American Title. Right. Because that was such a great story. Well, it I returned, it, it returned Aquaman to a classic feeling. I can even give you a better example. It's even closer to home. Uh, I, I know where you're going. You know where we're going with this. Uh, the, the, we have the. It's sort of perfect symmetry in that this is the second Dan Jurgens cancellation related to our characters, of course, because Dan Jurgens wrote uh, Aquaman, the seventh series, the final year of that book, uh, after he took it over from Eric Larson, which was, you know not considered very good by most people. Um, so he really took that book and combined with uh, Steve Epting, uh, really turned that book around. And that was another thing where it was canceled too soon. They got a year out of that and then Aquaman was canceled. So, you know, Jurgens has been, we, we said this to Dan uh, privately uh, and, and t- tonight where I said, you know, I was hoping that, um, you know, his Firestorm run would be one of like the classic Jurgens runs like he had on Superman or Booster Gold, where he ran for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, uh, this his Firestorm run is going to be uh, uh, placed snugly alongside his Aquaman run, where it was uh, cut too short. So, Well, he's closed out a few different titles, and, th- and part of that is because they know Dan can turn a book around. Right. Either creatively or sales-wise. He's you the know, cleaner. Just... I... <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So... um you know, part of it, part of it that hurts just so much. Or not it hurts isn't that's not really fair. I'm just having a crappy day, guys. But uh, part of the disappointing factor is just that it literally the last four issues have been like a breath of fresh air for the character of Firestorm and for superhero comics in general. It's been a fun, traditional superhero comic. You don't see those much anymore, and uh, it's been a blast. And so it's just you know. It's not short-sighted of DC because, I mean, the sales aren't there. Right. If it it's, doesn't sell, it doesn't sell. Right. Right. I mean, I work in business for a living and no duh, you know. Um, but it just, you know, I guess I was holding out hope that it would go longer. So now um, you mentioned cancellation. I mean, Firestorm and Aquaman are both very good at being canceled. 
and coming back from it. And let's let's look at the original time Firestorm was canceled. He had six, he had five issues, six kind of. Was canceled, went away for an entire year, just poof, disappeared. Then came back as a member of the JLA. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Hmm. Canceled, member of the JLA. He sort of built up some momentum there, and was then given a uh, backup series in the Flash. And that proved to do well. And then he was given his own monthly book, which was hugely successful. Right. One of their biggest hits. Yep. So, if we can get some momentum going here in JLA, or Justice League, with Firestorm, because apparently he is joining the team for a while, who knows? Maybe we'll have a backup on the Flash. You know? <laughs> and then I go from there. So, I mean, Jeff Johns is writing Firestorm right now, technically, then. You know, after... Once, once he starts appearing in the JLA on a regular basis, that'll be Jeff Johns writing Firestorm. That gives him a chance to, you know, do something. So He holds the entire fate of our show in his hands. Oh, my gosh, he does. <laughs> um, but we've got some plans, folks. Um, you know, obviously we'll cover the Justice League issues. But we've also kind of been talking on the side about what we could do if, if Firestorm were to get canceled. And no, we would not change the show to something else. No, it's going to get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it'll still be about Firestorm and Aquaman. And we, believe me, there is... 35 years worth of Firestorm history to talk about uh, and, you know, new issues of Justice League, so we'll be just fine, folks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the way you said that. We'll, just, we'll be just fine, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. My heart is not in this right now. But what we're going to do today instead, folks, is, uh, you know, we're going to do, for, for 10 minutes now, we've been doing the woe is me. Um and I, I, you know, I need to turn my phone around because it is just since we've been recording, it's just going nonstop with indicating messages about Facebook and Twitter right. and emails and text messages. <laughs> wow, um, I didn't realize social media could really make you that connected until something bad happens. So, Aww. anyway, so we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about a couple other little businesses, and then uh, what we're going to do. You know what? We're going to turn this around. We're going to make this fun. We're going to make this about the community of uh, Fire and Water podcast listeners. And we're going to do a massive chunk of listener feedback. Do you hear that, Andy Capellish? Do you hear that? <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. We're going to make this a fun night, guys. So we started, we started on a low point. I apologize. Um, <laughs> by the way, on a crappy related note, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about a contest I'm running. Oh, the irony. Um, I'm running a contest right now over on Firestorm Fan. You can find it. It's listed under the February 6th entry, and there'll be links around. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes about it, too. But I'm running a contest called What Do You Like About Firestorm? <laughs> um, one of the answers should not be that it's canceled. Anyway, um, basically, the, the, the Firestorm Fan site just turned four years old. And I wanted to celebrate, and I've been sort of slowly collecting some cool prizes for a contest, and now seemed like a good time to do it. And uh, so it's tell us why you like the character of Firestorm, and uh, you'll be entered to win a prize. So all you got to do is go out to Firestorm Fan, get that post. Again, it's February 6th, and either in the comments, or you can just email me directly, uh, tell me why you like Firestorm the character. It doesn't have to be about a particular series. I mean, it could be about any era of Firestorm. It could be about the Fury of Firestorm comic. It could be about the Justice League. It could be about Brightest Day. It could be about his appearances in Super Friends. It could be the toy, you know, whatever. What you like about Firestorm. The only restriction is, um, haters, no need to apply, please. If you've got a bone to pick with a particular incarnation of Firestorm, this is not the place. This is a celebration of Firestorm, so let's keep it positive. 
Uh, the contest runs till Sunday, February 17th. So at 10 p.m. So Eastern time. So please go ahead and get your entry in before that. Now here's the cool reason, the reasons why you should do it. There's some good prizes here. Uh, we have an original art page drawn by Dan Jurgens and Ray McCarthy from the recent Fury of Firestorm Nuclear Man number 13, their first issue, their Very first nice. premiere issue. It's got Firestorm doing battle with uh, the three foes, the new three foes that have appeared, Black Star, Relay, and uh, Skullcrusher. And this is uh, this was donated uh, to me courtesy of Ray McCarthy. So uh, wh- when they split the issue, I guess uh, Dan and Ray both got some of the original art. And Ray said, tell you what, I'll send you this if you want to give it away to your site. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how cool is that? I've also got a Firestorm the Nuclear Man trade paperback, like the classic one that collected the original run of Firestorm, and it's signed by Jerry Conway. I've got a couple of issues of recent issues of Theory of Firestorm, number 11 and 12, signed by Marlo Alquiza, the inker, and that was courtesy of Jeremy Hobbs, a buddy of mine. And then just for shits and giggles, whoops. Let's not go crazy. I know you're wracked with grief, but come on, let's not. Sorry. Uh, You can pause if you want to edit it out. No, just go ahead. Okay. Uh, and then two other prizes. Now, they're not signed or anything, but they're cool. Uh, I've got the Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, Volume 1, God Particle trade paperback. This is the recent issues, uh, 1 through 6, I think it is, by uh, Ethan Van Skyver and Gail Simone and Yildre Sinar. That trade. And then I've got a Brightest Day Fury of Firestorm. Or not Fury, just Firestorm. Brightest Day action figure. So, uh, pretty cool Firestorm action figure. And that's courtesy of MailMeMyComics.com. So, uh... Put your entry in. I've already got somewhere, I don't know, 25, 30 entries already between the email and the ones on the site, and that's only after two days. So get your entry in there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put them out there for people to vote on. People are going to vote on which one they think is the uh, the best stories, and the top five are going to get prizes. Very so, nice. you got pretty good odds, man. So let us know, you know, why do you like Firestorm? So there you go. And, Rob, you wanted to talk a little bit about some movie in the works? Uh, well, yes and no. Um, yeah, the story broke last week that um, apparently DC has decided, not DC, Warner Brothers. I, got, I have to remember, it's not DC making probably any of these decisions. It's Warner Brothers. Decided that the Justice League movie would not feature Aquaman. It would just be featuring Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern. And I haven't mentioned this on the Shrine yet because I started to write this post about mentioning how I felt about it. And the post just got so negative <laughs> that I stopped halfway through because I just couldn't write it anymore. Uh, but that, but that also meant that we haven't sort of mentioned this little piece of news on the Shrine yet. So because of that, I think every single day, uh, more actually more than once a day, I'm getting an email from some phone member or someone else saying, hey, did you hear this news? It sucks, huh? And I was like, you know, I finally want to mention it. I, I, I don't have the strength to type it out and put it up on the shrine, but I will mention it here on the shrine, on the on the show. Um, yes, we have heard that Aquaman is not going to be in the Justice League movie, and I think that is ultimately going to be a good thing. Um, we've mentioned before the trouble DC has had, again, eh, Warner Brothers, has had getting a Justice League movie off the ground. Uh, just today, just today, as we were recording this, there was a, a new piece of information that the script – that they commissioned, Warner Brothers commissioned, was written by, I forget the name of the gentleman, he's the, the guy who wrote the uh, cinematic masterpiece Gangster Squad. They hired him <laughs> to do a Justice League script where they face off against Darkseid. And apparently the news broke today that DC got a look at Warner Brothers. 
got to look at it and said, this is awful. And they're starting over. Oh, wow. So every piece of news concerning this movie, to me, has been bad. Every There's not been one decision they've made so far where I went, oh, that makes sense. To me, it sounds like the single directive for this movie is, let's do the Avengers, but faster. That is what Warner Brothers wants to do. They want to skip doing... All the the prequel movies, you know, they don't want to bother to give. I mean, they can't get one. They've been trying to get Wonder Woman off the ground in live action for almost as long as you and I have both been alive. <laughs> and really, and they haven't been able to do it. And somehow they're going to find a way to do it in the middle of a Justice League movie when they're working in a new Batman, a maybe new Green Lantern, Superman, a villain, and the Flash. They're going to do all that. Like, what magical screenwriter has the ability to do that? Well, I'll say one thing. The, the fact that Aquaman's not in the movie is, is – it, it almost seems like – it's not like they decided to not put Aquaman in the movie. It sounds like they probably decided to just focus on well, Superman, right. Batman, okay. Green Lantern, Flash. I and, think that's – Well, here, here's, here's where I'm going with it though. Like it's actually the first good decision I've heard yet. Not because I don't want Aquaman in the film – but maybe someone's realized, you know, whoa, 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 we can't introduce seven or new characters in this movie. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's and true. And they don't have to introduce Superman in the film. You know, we'll have already seen the new movie. Right. They don't They don't have to introduce Batman that much. Oh, I think you do. If you're going to get a new actor, if it's going to be I, Gordon Levitt, it's, I, I think don't you think, do. I don't think it's going to take much. I mean, mm. it's Batman. We all know Batman. You know, they don't, they don't have to introduce Green Lantern much. That, that could be a short one. So really, they just have to at that point. Then they just have to focus on introducing Wonder Woman and Flash, which That's, you know those are Herculean tasks. I'm not saying this isn't, man. I'm just saying it's this. It's a smarter decision to try and introduce two new characters than like five or six. That's absolutely true. That's a, yes, I agree with that. Because um, I mean, the mo- the the Avengers movie successfully introduced. No, never mind. Hawkeye nobody. was already around. Nobody introduced anybody. No, no. That, that, um, like, yeah, you're right. No, yeah, well, nobody. The, Maria Hill, maybe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, of course, we've gotten to know her on High Met Your Mother. Um, look, can, can I can I just say she's hot. You you know, guys, I had, a, I had to muster the energy. I so. was looking forward to this Valentine's episode because I had the mother of all eye rolls ready. <laughs> uh, it was going to be a Liz Lemon quality eye roll, just leading off in the anticipation of all the slobbering 12-year-old boy comments that, were, that was going to come our way in the Valentine's hey, Day episode. So, hey, 14-year-old 14-year-old. Thing. Thank you, DC Comics, for uh, denying us that. Um, but anyway, I, I just – I think that odds are if they even make a Justice League movie, it's going to be – it's going to be bad. And that does not make me happy. I mean I want – you know, I don't want – I want nothing more than there to be a good, great Justice League movie. But I – I'm not filled with any confidence. And so to me, if you stick Aquaman in there and the film is a disaster, it's going to just leave the stink on him the way that uh, I think Green Lantern kind of has a little bit on that. Sorry, Dan. Um, And so, you know, I'm perfectly happy with him not being part of it. I think the movie is probably going to just be not good. So I'd rather have Aquaman not have anything to do with it. So, um, you know, you know how they could fix the Justice League movie? I know exactly exactly how to fix the movie. Yes. Three words. David Ogden Stiers. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, I agree. I as, think as Martian Manhunter, I, I, of course. I think he'd be great in everything because I love him. But uh, I so. I am I am not taking this as bad news at all. I really am not. So uh, so everybody who's wondering, have we heard about it? Yes, we've heard about it. And, you know, I'm sort of cynically optimistic, if that makes any sense at all, about about Aquaman not being in the not being in the Justice League movie. So um, do we want to cover anything? I think we want to go. We just want to go straight to feedback, don't we? We want to get to the, the, the heart of the show, right? I want to read the feedback because there's a lot yes. of great stuff in here. There's a lot of funny stuff in here. I need to laugh. We've been skipping so. through it a little bit to, because we're running out of time, and we get a lot of complaints, mostly from Andy Capellish, uh, about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Andy, enough already. Um, See, you know, you kind of messed up my plan because, like, I don't know if you looked at the feedback. I literally put Andy Capellish comment last. Yeah, I did see that, yes. <laughs> and that was going to be on purpose. So just so you know, folks, Andy has sent us an email recently that says, so. <laughs> Are you guys just done with listener feedback forever? Uh, you or, know what? And my response was going to be, no, Andy. We're not done with listener feedback. We're just done with your listener feedback. <laughs> he was going <laughs> to uh, be our Matt Damon. We could have cut him at the end. We could have said, you know what? Just uh, We got the Andy Capel, but we're running out of time, so we'll do that the next episode. <laughs> right, the Matt Damon thing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's get going. Let's have some laughs. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's – let's uh, and uh, – Wade into the craziness that is Frank's comments, of course. So um, the first comment I wanted to mention, I'll start off, is um, we got uh, we got our first feedback from a woman. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say – she didn't specifically say that I could say her name on the show, and I never like to assume that. So I'm just going to say this comment comes from uh, Amy B. Um, you know what? That's probably too revealing. I'll change it. It comes from A. Bias, and she says uh, – Rob is the straight man to Shag's 14-year-old or something like that, which is pretty much what it is. <laughs> that comment filled me with such joy when I heard that. You know, and First of all, first comment from a female listener, which actually I don't think is true. I think we've had a couple of female comments. I don't comments, think so. We definitely have had a couple of tweets and stuff. But anyway. Right, okay. um, and that was in reference to a who's who show that, that, oh, okay. uh, that uh, so, a, AB was listening to there. But so she – Nailed me as the fourteen-year-old and you as the straight man, and that's just so dead on. I think that's probably about so right. dead on. There's a, a friend of mine. His wife has this theory. She calls it the theory of eleven, which is you put two guys together and they immediately start acting like eleven-year-olds. And let's think about it. You put you and I in a room together, or at least on a podcast together, and we talk about um, comic books, uh, girls, uh, explosions, things like that. So yeah, it's it's not that far off. <laughs> Uh, I told that I called. That, I read that to my wife. I thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. All righty. I thought that was a good gag I did, and you just got no laughs from you at all. Oh, what did I miss? When I said, "This is from Amy B." No, that's too revealing. Let's just say a bias. I don't get it. I'm saying I don't want to reveal her name, and then I just gave her first name and her last name in successive names. Oh. I got I stole that from the Simpsons. At least I should get some wow. level of respect. Thought that was that just brought the whole show down right there, Rob. You're the one who's like, well, we're supposed to laugh at each other's jokes. Oh, look at that. I know. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're caught up with grief. I guess I'm going to I'm in mourning. You know morning. what I'm going to do? I'm going to go bust out my Superman number 75. I'm going to get out my black Superman armband. That came with it. Oh, oh, by Dan Jurgens too. By Dan, exactly right. <laughs> and I am going to flip it inside out. 
and, and, and paint a little atomic symbol on it and wear it. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, your kids are going to be so proud. Uh, we got a... Uh, okay. Let's now, I, all, yeah. In all honesty, when I worked at the comic shop, I did wear the thing on my sleeve, I'm pinned sure to my shirt for like a week. I'm sure you did. I saw I did. The, I've seen those pictures of you from the comic shop. I had hair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's keep let's let's get going. We got it. We got a comment from Count Druncula, aka Ryan. He left a comment on the Aquaman Trine about episode awesome episode forty two, the JLA Aquaman Firestorm sixteen reviews. I love this line. Not another not unpleasant podcast. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Ryan, for that. Great job, R- Rob. Regarding your comment that Paul Pelletier's pencils are reminiscent of Alan Davis's, I completely agree. I've always found that Ivan Reese's uninked pencils have an Alan Davis quality that I really enjoy. And Aquaman number 16, Pelletier's art reminded me of both Reese and Davis. Those are all good things. Always happy to hear more fire and water talk. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having the greatest screen name ever, Ryan. That is good stuff. Count Drunkula. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, we heard from uh, Little Russell Burbage from um, Nippon, Japan. and uh, That's actually probably... Accurate at some point. Yeah, you know, there is some accuracy to that, isn't there? Anyway, um, just want to say thanks to you, Russell. He sent us uh, some scans from a DC character guide. It's very cool. It's uh, like a style guide. Was it Jose Luis Garcia Lopez? Praise be his name, name. Artwork? Yeah, of course it was. Okay. And so it's, it's style guides, and it had included Firestorm and Aquaman. So that was great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, yes, uh, we also we got a comment from uh, Siskoid, of course. And you have to hear it in that French accent when they say it. Um, if, well, this, actually, this was, uh, this was a comment that Shag said to, to Cisco. Wait a minute. I'm all confused. Hi. Would you like to join our show? Um, we're <laughs> reading comments from Lil Russell Burbage right now. I'm all confused. All right. That's going to come out. Um, oh, your bit gets to come out. Yeah, absolutely. I, not- I noticed listening to the last episode that some of the edits, I'm like, oh, where I screw up stayed in, but where some of Rob screw ups, they, they got cut. Now, wait. Now, hold on. Now, wait a cotton pick in second. <laughs> Now, okay, everybody's going to get to see the sausage being made here. Last <laughs> last week, last episode, I took out large chunks of my portion of the show because I thought I was doing such a bad job, and I left almost your all of your stuff in in entirety. So I don't right, want to so hear all my flubs stayed in. All your flubs got cut. I take your uh. flubs out all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, you know how many times I edit out you going like this, quiet, and then you go so. Dot, dot, dot. And you just drag the show down. I take out about 30 of them per episode. You do not. I do so. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Now, some of those pauses are intentional because you told me to leave pauses. Oh, like, we're trying to. All right. All right. This is getting hideous here. All right. This is this is like watching the Congress pass laws. Anyway, from <laughs> Rus- Russell has this comment to Siskoid. Russ, uh, Siskoid, if you're taking off your Ghost Rider t-shirts was uh, – if you're taking off your Ghost Rider t-shirts was at about the same time you picked up your favorite dice, I'm not surprised you got laid less. Ouch. <laughs> I really wish Pop Funk's discount was on all their t-shirts because I would definitely pick up some cool JLA DCU t-shirts if they did. As it is, I think I'll get the Papa John's like Aquaman logo t-shirt he delivers. Um, <laughs> thank you, Russell. Remember that the Pop Funk was nice enough to sponsor the show last month, and uh, I'm going to talk to them. Hopefully, maybe we can do that again sometime and maybe even expand it a little bit further because uh, we were very happy with how it went, and I hope uh, they were as well. Yeah. Um, Russell also mentioned that he would totally go to a Phantom Changer Aquaman MASH Con. 
So <laughs> and, uh, there you go. I think I, I think I even said it would be Russ and Russell had it. Didn't that I? would be me. I said it would be me and Russell, and that's it. Okay. Um, so yeah. and he 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 says he's from here from Portland, Oregon, and he's been to the books to Powell Books in Portland, Oregon that I'm raving about. Oh, Portland, sweet sweet Portland. Uh, now he left a comment over on Firestorm fan about when we talked about the JLA Aquaman Firestorm episodes. <laughs> this is great. He says, "Wow, guys, if I need any more proof that we are on the same mental wavelength." When Shag asked for a hell yeah during the podcast, I actually did, in fact, give you a hell yeah. Then was personally thanked by Shag for doing so. <laughs> I, I, I did check it back. I mean, yeah, sure enough, I go, can I get a hell yeah? And then I pause and go, thanks, Russell. <laughs> he said it was too weird, and I laughed out loud for about a minute. So I considered dropping it in, and then I just thought it was funnier to have nothing, so I just left it the way it was. Right. <laughs> Uh, we got a comment from Sean Corey over on the Aquaman Shrine talking about Firestorm number 15. He says, I am still not wearing a shirt. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a callback to some other comments he made about he was refusing to put on a shirt unless he won one. And then he didn't win one. So. Yes. Well, he lives in he lived in Canada because as he points out here, the reason I'm making a poo-poo over not wearing the shirt is because of these words over on, Pop Funk, on, over on Pop Funk. U.S. shipping only. I can't order one. Okay, Frank, I'll put my shirt back on since I can't play the violin. I was getting cold anyway. <laughs> oh, and, he also, and the, he also added, don't be dissing the original Doctor Who. It's great. Hell yeah. We I talked was about not Doctor Who. dissing Doctor Who. I was dissing the fans. It's two different things. Ouch! Uh, anyway, we got another one from uh, – another comment I'm trying from Blue Screen. Okay, I finally decided to start picking up Firestorm after listening to this episode. <laughs> if only we were that powerful. Only to find this issue and the last one sold out at my local shop. So I picked me up a few back issues and told them to be sure to have a few extra next issue. I guess that cover really worked. That said, I still prefer an Aquaman shirt. Well, sorry about that, Blue Screen. Ouch. Um, but, uh, yeah, if only uh, our powers were that were more extensive. Uh, well, the, he was talking about the uh, the electric blue cover of Firestorm right, that was so right. engaging. Right. Uh, Siskoid. Uh, these comments, these are all callback comments where he had mentioned um, he wore Ghost Rider t-shirts in, in college, in college. Right. which I suggested of... meant you didn't get laid. That's exactly, and this has become a thing now. So anyway, he wrote, full disclosure, I got laid far less after I stopped wearing the Ghost Rider t-shirt. Weird Canadian <laughs> women. Damn you, 1990s. Uh, I don't know if there were... Uh, I don't, and then he's talking about the dice because I did a roll on, uh, on who was going to win the shirt using my DC dice. And he said, I don't know if the dice were blue, but my copy of second edition DC Heroes had a red and yellow dice I still use today and are among my favorites because nerds need favorite dice. With an asterisk that goes down to, please see co- previous comment about getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> then he went through our Geek Talk episode and gave us a running commentary. I love this. Uh, first 10 minutes. Len Ween has material in the 2013 Doctor Who annual, so that might explain why he's going to be at Gallifrey One convention, which by the and which by the way I'm going to next week, folks. And he wrote, maybe Wolfman is his plus one. <laughs> uh, 24 minutes in, yes, Carl Kiesel run on Daredevil was what brought me back to the Marvel Universe for the first time in six years. I thought it might be the end of 90s Marvel. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out for you, did it? <laughs> 90s Marvel is now known as the New 52. You know what? When I saw that article. Uh, about Firestorm's cancellation and the people they were interviewing, first thing I thought of. Yep. So, uh, those oversized hardbacks are pretty much the standard in Europe. Now, this is talking about when you wrote, uh, when you discussed Somerset Holmes. Somerset Holmes' ag- album, as I call it. Yep. Yeah. He said the oversized hardbacks are pretty much the standard in Europe. 
Uh, and then there's some funny words here in another language I don't know. And we do call them albums, at least in French. I guess it's an industry standard. I can't follow any of your recommendations, Shag. And this is talking about the Geek Talk episode when I suggested a bunch of comics. He said, I can't follow any of your recommendations, Shag, because I've already read them all. It's what you, it's what you keep saying about our respective wheelhouses being in sync. So I'll be hunting for Rob's instead. Then he goes on to say he also liked the Daredevil movie. He owns both the theatrical and director's cut DVD, <laughs> both for different reasons. Uh, by the way, so do I. Apparently, uh, Siskoid and I are brothers from another mother. They prop up wobbly tables quite well. No, they're decent films. Uh, it gets a lot of clap, crap for basically not being Spider-Man, he finds. So, uh, he had an idea for a Firestorm crossover. Firestorm teams up with various heroes and integrates them into the Matrix. Superstorm, Batstorm, Wonderstorm, Greenstorm, Dialstorm, Frankenstorm, whatever. <laughs> uh, first <laughs> setup that he has, the power... Uh, already well, on, uh, this was he's saying this was already set up that he's got the power and was already well on the way with the Megala incident. So he points out that uh, we, I, I was talking about Vibe in the last episode. I mentioned how Vibe's going to be sort of the the gatekeeper to the new uh, dimensional rift in Detroit, and uh, he actually Vibe is the new access, isn't he? And I had to pause on that when he said that, and it all clicked. And I'm like, hell yeah, he is. <laughs> Dear Lord. Oh, yeah, he pointed out the Jerry Conway interview we talked about a couple episodes ago, the DVD one. It got funded. So, woohoo! I am so proud. The, to, I'm sorry. I am proud to say I was the one who got, who tipped it over the uh, top there. <laughs> I heard. I heard. You just waited, didn't you? You just sat there and waited on it, I bet. I did. But, What's wrong with that? I know. So, <laughs> but yes, congratulations to Robert Pr- Roger Preeb for getting it funded, and we all can't wait to see the three-hour interview with Jerry Conway. Looking forward to it. See, Lee Novak over on Firestorm Fan talked about in JLA number 16 how he liked Rob's description of the art showing an angry Superman boiling the ocean. He hopes that the next Man of Steel trailer uses that as a tagline. Summer 2003, this Superman is super pissed. (laughs) Uh, Then over on Firestorm Fan, our friend Joe Slab. (laughs) Took long enough to climb out of the bottle to type. Uh, A great episode, Shag, commenting here since I always do on the Shrine. Extra tidbits. Nobody mentioned that the Atlanteans, known as Drift, were all wearing camouflage blue Craig Hamilton pattern. Yes, I missed that, yes. But a good catch on Ivan also using the Peter David era half-torso armor. I didn't catch that. So the Drift, were they the assassins? I believe so. I didn't catch that they were wearing the Craig Hamilton uh, armor. That's cool. The lead trench... That, as we will call King of the Trench, uh, who battled Aquaman in 1 through 4, has been transformed. He stands out of the double-page splash, almost so betting we'll see more of him. Uh, thanks for Rob to helping to identify the new female Adam. And he says we did cover that on the Shrine back a few months back. I don't read Joe's posts. Ouch! Um, says he agrees with our notes about John's writing Batman, or Batman is way too Gabby. And while Rob loved the interaction between Bruce and Arthur, I kind of hated it, feeling that was a lot of expository dialogue. I did not get the uh, Brave and the Bold vibe at all like Rob did. And speaking of vibe, see what I did there? Well, I didn't I, say well, – wait, hold on. Just to argue with Joe, I wasn't saying it was like Brave and the Bold. I was saying that seeing those two guys made me want to see them do a team-up. And when I think Batman team-ups, I think of Brave and the Bold. But it wasn't – I wasn't comparing it to the TV show or anything like that. I was just saying I want to see a whole book with just these two guys. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, oh. <laughs> I bet you. Look who's lashing out. 
He says, speaking of vibes, see what I did there. I encourage you all and your individual blogger league friends to check out JLA number one. It's going to knock your socks off big time. And that's coming from someone who was originally very skeptical of the book. Vibe is going to be a baller in the DCU. <laughs> it's going to be a baller in the DCU. And Johns is going to do justice to Hawkman, Green Arrow, and Martian Manhunter. Trust me on this. And then, uh, prophetically, mm. he wrote, finally, rumors about uh, that along with Hawkman, Firestorm, and May will be canceled in May. Thanks for that. Uh, let's see. Don't blame Joe. It's on his I fault. I know. He's just predicting it. He didn't, he did not buy the book. <laughs> Maybe he did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think he supported it. Martin Stein, RIP, which goes by Robert Gross. He said, great podcast, guys. I hope the rumors about Firestorm cancellation, while not entirely unexpected, are not true. Sorry, Robert. Oh, this is bitter. Just one thing for Shag. I don't think Firestorm is based in Pittsburgh anymore. Mentioned twice in the podcast. I believe they're based in a fictitious city of Walton Mills. Uh, Robert, you are sort of right. Yes, they are based in Walton Mills, but I checked with Ethan Van Skyver when the series premiered, and Walton Mills is supposed to be a suburb of Pittsburgh. So there you go. Keith Samra, one of our buddies from Down Under. And uh, so he's the one that suggested this thing. Okay, when we covered Firestorm number 15, uh, Dr. Megala and Captain Adam, that storyline, there had been an aircraft carrier that uh, exploded. And we were trying to sort of connect that with Aquaman and stuff. But Keith did that first. Before we had even talked about it, uh, he had sent a comment that said, wouldn't it be awesome if the aircraft carrier that fired the missiles that hit Atlantis, causing the Throne of Atlantis storyline, were actually fired at Firestorm during the events of Firestorm number 15? (laughs) That would have been fun, but that would have kind of screwed up the whole Volko angle, I think. Then Keith came back with a couple of mentions of other favorite comic runs. Because we had talked about on the Geek episode, we talked about a lot of our favorite comic runs. And he mentioned a few more, such as Young Justice by Peter David and Todd Nook. Let me tell you. Well, he wrote a very funny and lighthearted superhero book with an odd, heavy moment here and there. And that was a great book. Did you read Young Justice? I did not. Really? Oh, my gosh. What a fun, fun comic. He got a little – towards the end, it probably wasn't as great as the first, you know – 40 issues, but uh, wow, what a great run. Then he said, G.I. Joe, a real American hero by Larry Hama and various artists. He discovered that through Michael Bailey's views in the long box, and Larry Hama pretty much created the superhero comic without superheroes, uh, but with plenty of ninjas. And he gave a, a shout-out to Power of Shazam by Jerry Ordway. It's Big Jerry, enough said, but if you need more convincing, it's a good superhero family book. Haven't read it in years. Worth checking out. Should we call him Big Jerry? I kind of like that. I like that, yeah. We need some sort of affectation for him, because praise be his name's reserved. Right, we got that, yeah. But pretty much we like anything Jerry does. I mean, yeah, just saying. Just stating facts, folks. Uh, Alex Ross Oversized Tabloid Editions by Alex Ross and Paul Dini. Yes, I absolutely uh, agree with that. Those are, you know. Superman Peace on Earth, Batman Prime, Wonder Woman Spirit of Truth, and Captain Marvel slash Shazam Power of Hope. Now, see, all right, I will actually argue with that one a little Ooh. bit. Not because they're not good. They are. But they're pretty high profile. I think they're yes. I think that's why I, I didn't even think yeah. of them because everyone sort of. I mean, it's, you know, big top tier characters by top tier creators. So it'd be like saying, uh, you know, recommending Batman: Dark Knight Returns. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, right. Du- yeah, no duh. It was really uh, good. Watchmen. You know? <laughs> There's this book called Watchmen. Anyway, uh, he said there are four books that really humanized the DC big guns, following them up with JLA Secret Origins and JLA Liberty and Justice, and you have a Superpowers Era Justice League. Sadly, Firestorm does not make an appearance, which sucks, as he wrote. 
And uh, it's because Alex Ross hates Firestorm. Yeah. Which is not exactly true, but there's enough evidence to say that he doesn't like him. <laughs> he, uh, from, from what I understand, Alex Ross uh, feels that the his era of Justice League ended with, uh, I guess it was the death of Barry Allen's wife. Yeah, death of Iris Allen, yeah. Yeah, and so all of his Justice League stuff sort of takes place in just before that happened. So that's why you see all the characters, except for Firestorm, because Firestorm joined the League just after that, uh, except for when Plastic Man strangely appears in the drawings. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. He also did more Geek Talk stuff. Uh, He talked about the Gotham Knights series. He said he was definitely going to pick that up. He also uh, agrees with me on Carol... um, Carl Kiesel and Carrie Ord on Daredevil is quite awesome. He did like the Daredevil movie. Take that. Didn't mind Affleck as much, and the director's cut is better. So he uh, he also Rob he loves Plastic Man, yes. even the animated series. <laughs> he, wow, Plas was it Plas Baby or Baby 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 Plaz. Baby Plaz? Yeah, that's right. He goes. I'm also curious about the deaths of Arthur Junior issues. Are they as good as they sound? Uh, I I think they're great. I think those are yeah. classics. And written by, I just found that I didn't know this. Written by David Michelini. Yeah, well, those that that year worth of adventures had a bunch of round robin uh, writers, but the the actual ones where Arthur Junior is killed is was yeah written by David Michelini. He's a great writer. He, uh, I really enjoy his stuff. Like you know, his Iron Man and his Spider Man and his Star Wars are just all awesome, awesome stuff. There's an so. in, there's an interview with him on the shrine talking about those issues that he wrote. Really? Yes, I know. What, what's that? What's that URL? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mr. Samra was also a little hurt that when we talked about some favorite series, there was no Superman mentions. So, um, it's not that I dislike Superman. And there are some very good runs of Superman. It just didn't come to mind at the time. So he, he took my advice, checked out Hawkeye. He said he couldn't get into it, but you know what? And he's from New Zealand. Really? I mean, I got to question his taste anyway. So You like that? Wow. Good luck <laughs> ever getting Peter Jackson to do a Firestorm movie now. <laughs> oh, how, how ironic. There's this New Zealand comment next. He goes, damn it. New Zealand's shipment's been delayed. Talking about the number 16s. I haven't read these books yet, so I can't listen to the podcast until after the books come. So it happens when you live on the other side of the planet. What's that? So it happens when you live on the other side of the planet. Exactly. So, Well, I've been reading pretty nonstop. You want to read something? Uh, Roger, Roger <laughs> Preve of the Comment on Firestorm fan. As great as Dr. Uh, Geek Talk, as great as Dr. Who is, and it is very great. You might want to check out another great show from England. It's called Misfits. It's part superheroes, part comedy, part drama. It's also very adult. Bad words and nudity and the like. Shag. Woo-hoo. Um, he also mentions a couple of the TV shows. Sherlock. I hardly agree with that. That's an awesome show. Coupling. Jekyll. Yep, I love me some Stephen Moffat, who is a new showrunner on Doctor Who. Oh, hells, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, Sherlock is brilliant. Yes. I don't think there's anybody will argue that. Jekyll is very good. And I watched a couple of episodes of Coupling. Um... It was funny. I mean, it was genuinely funny. I just I didn't stick with it, but it was it, it made me laugh. Okay, uh, we got a comment from Daniel Cynical Adams on First Term Fan mentioning his top five superheroes. Number one, Hal Jordan. Suck it, Frank. He adds. Uh, two, two, Aquaman. Three, Hawkman. Four, Michelangelo. I guess from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. And five, He Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honorable mentions Batman Ma Hunkle which has never been put together in any sentence and just for fun my top five villains the Penguin the Riddler Skeletor I'm sensing a theme here 
Hordak and Shredder. Honorable mention Starscream and Dexcar. Uh, Dexstar. Hey, wait a minute. Hordak? As in like the villain from She-Ra? Dan's weird. You are a strange, strange little man. And you know, Penguin's number one. Is he the one that was all torqued up about us putting knocking on the penguin superpowers? Uh, Jack Dower. He's a penguin. Uh, okay. Well, they both love the penguin. They're strange. You're going to love – if you guys love the penguin, you're going to love this new book from Capstone that's coming out uh, written by former DC editor Laurie Sutton. It's a Batman book, and he teams up with Aquaman to fight the penguin. It's coming soon, and we're going to be reviewing it on the shrine soon. But you'll love it because <laughs> it's penguin nonstop. God. Losers. I, um, I mean, really, I mean, I don't care if the Penguin is a Batman villain. Like, the Penguin makes me feel guilt, good about Firestorm's Rogue Gallery. Seriously. I mean, you know, right, just because just you're a Batman villain doesn't mean you're a winner. I mean, he <laughs> has a villain called the Bouncer who is basically curls himself up into a ball and bounces off walls. And he, he's all red, so he looks like a rubber ball. So, you know, that's a Batman villain. Um, there's also the Calculator, of course, which we've covered, and Calendar Man. So, you know. Being a Batmanville doesn't give you a free pass to Coolsville. You're like a racer head guy, too. Yeah, it's just, yes. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Luke Giaconetti on Firestorm Fan mentions he really wanted to get one of the Pop Funk, Fop, Pop Funk Hawkman shirts, of which they have like three designs. I am posting this primarily as a public service, so Shag can continue to make fun of me in lieu of discussing the monthly Firestorm comic once it's canceled. But a bum. Ooh. That's. Time to that one, right? <laughs> I should have edited that part as I was reading it. And then he writes to Siskoid, I'll see your Ghost Rider shirt and read you two Venom shirts. Because I, too, got laid a lot less after I stopped wearing them, at least for a solid 3.5-year stretch. <laughs> I like the that's point. A lot more, that's a lot more information than I initially wanted, I love Mr. The point, Jack and Eddie. the point five part. Keep in mind that I didn't stop wearing them by choice, but that I wore them so much they were becoming indecent. <laughs> I like the idea of a transparent Venom shirt. <laughs> Now, it's funny when you think about this, small world department, um, this is the 90s they're talking about. Yes. And in the mid-90s, I worked for a company that did Marvel t-shirt merchandising, and I designed a lot of t-shirts, Marvel t-shirts. Many no of way. Many of which had Venom on them because he was like one of the popular guys at the time. So these t-shirts that these guys wore that helped them get laid might have been my shirts. Were they like legit or unlicensed? No, they're licensed. Yeah, Dude, point. I would have sold them in my comic this shop. It wasn't out of the back of a trunk or anything. This was, no, this was uh, Comic Images. The company Comic Images had the Marvel license in the 90s to do trading cards, T-shirts, and we did all that design work. Did you guys do, like, the Megaprint stuff? Mm-hmm. I had a Megaprint Spider-Man shirt. It was a McFarlane Spider-Man Megaprint. It was right. It was all. It was just the line work of right, the right. giant Spider-Man. It was blue, and it kind of transitioned to, like, a pinkish. I wore that shirt like almost every freaking day. We designed all sorts of shirts, yes. That's crazy. I even appeared in commercials in that shirt. So, you're, fellas, you're welcome. It it helped me, brother. FKA Jason, got a comment from him from Forrester Fan. I'm saving up so you can read Diablo Franks because you're going to be a while. Um, <laughs> you know, I heard someone I heard someone on some other comic book podcast poo-poo Dan Jurgens today. I won't stand for it. Just look at this beautiful cover. Talk about number 15, of course. I love, love, love his take on Captain Adam. I just wish he hadn't killed him off like that. Shag, you and Rob are an inspiration to me, and I thank you for this podcast and the other one that you guys do. Thank you very much, Aww, Jason. Sorry. He does the FKA podcast Yes. So we, with Charlemagne, so definitely check that out. Right. All right, folks. All right. Buckle up. Get Here we go. This is what inspired tonight's feedback episode right here. 
This comes from our good friend Diablo Frank, who we have, as Rob would say, given the short shrift to on the last few listener feedback episodes because we just didn't have time. But I am bound to determine to read just about every word in this set of comments. This, this is the equivalent to when Andy Kaufman read the entire Great Gatsby on stage. This is, this is the of that. Here we go. Uh, Diablo Frank, it was comment on episode number 40, and it was about Firestorm number 15. Not that you can tell as we go through this even remotely. All right. Uh, I can't. This is item number one. I can't get a discount on one of those two Martian Manhunter shirts, neither of which I own. Dang. I already bought the best of the Aquaman shirts as well, and the rest feature Firestorm. Ew. <laughs> uh, number two, in quotes, a cripple? Because I, I use the word cripple. Jeebus shag. I don't dig the new cover much, especially bald surfer, bald surfer Captain Adam. Number three. So Firestorm is the vibe of the unspecific nationality Justice League? Another scoop from Rob who doesn't even need to be tipsy to spread like it was prom night. Say it was, say I was way past tipsy while listening, passed out, dreams. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was, he was past tipsy while he was listening to our podcast. Um, then passed out. Dreamed about a vampiric African-American female descendant of Hunter S. Thompson working at a high school. Woke up slightly buzzed a couple hours later and went back to listening to the podcast while reading, formatting the new DC solicits for a couple of my blogs and working my way further down the bottle. Vodka fuels my engine. Best episode ever. Nice podcast, too. Just look at the solicits for Aquaman number 19. Remember when it was the best drawn book and comics that was nice while it lasted i'll also argue with shag that the new firestorm gauntlets suck even worse than the killer frost redesign pirate sleeves or kick the fuck out oh boy i didn't say it he did uh he didn't say thanks it to what's that he didn't say it either well he said gtf well there you go i many people don't know that acronym anyway thanks to the april wave of puerto rico po- puerto rican power I'll likely buy Justice League of America, Justice League of America's Vibe, Savage Hawkman, and Catwoman. How many books to buy and rob? (laughs) Who's who's stuck in the 90s now, S.A.? Don't you know I'm loco? (laughs) Least Firestorm-centric, Firestorm-centric clip ever. Is Walter a special guest? You go, I am Alpha, or I am Alpha, I am Omega, I am Comment Board Pejorative. Thank you, pejorative. Personally, I like Bronze Age Hawkman, but in all honesty, I'm still waiting for the Hawkman incarnation that hasn't happened yet. I should have tried the Hawkeye trade, but I felt burned going two trades deep into the massively overpraised Mark Wade Daredevil. 30 bucks worth of meh there. Now, I will insert my commentary. Frank, it's good to have an opinion. Yours is wrong. Uh, number nine, I like Dale Gunn more... Then I like Dale Gunn more than most Justice, Detroit Justice Leaguers. I'm seriously more excited about his appearance in Vibe than about Vibe himself. Number 10. I don't have issues with the comments on any of my blogs because Rob is much, 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 much more popular than me. I actually typed out each of those muches just to emphasize the fact and because I have free time from being much, 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 much less popular than Rob. Thankfully, I can take solace in not running a Firestorm blog. Yeesh. Barrel scraped. Number 11, regarding vibe from Frank, see comment 10. Number 12, I'm Hoffman with regard to revisiting the disastrous and perpetually unfinished DC Challenge blog crossover. I wince every time it comes up, so of course friggin' Shag always seems to link to it in his see also post. Blessedly, no one in the history of the internet has ever clicked to check out one of the types of links that doesn't involve breasts in some some fashion. Sorry, no one in the history of the internet has ever clicked on one of those. He's talking about those linked uh, within links. 
Every time I clicked on one of those links, it doesn't involve breasts in some fashion. If Rot were, um, let's see. Remember, Joe Slap. Well, number 13, he insults Ace Kilroy, but we'll just move forward from that. He doesn't insult Ace Kilroy, he insults you. So, there's a difference there. Anyway, Joe Slab, Count Dracula, Booze Brothers. Worked my way back to a full-on sauce across the podcast post-pause. Plus, I'm getting near the licensed Vertigo solicits. Getting trickier to type. Back button equals friend. <laughs> 70 proof plus or puffy nuclear sleeves. Wait. <laughs> number 15. Had to take a bathroom break and read 47 Ronin number one. I expected it to be much brisker than it was. The line, Mother, Mother, made me think of Tracy Bonham's song that is probably older than Chad Bokelman. <laughs> Kill- Call back. <laughs> Kill the McCormick vanilla onto the Rain's organic and pre-spiked discounted eggnog. I can't feel my nose. I used to subscribe. <laughs> I used to subscribe at a flea market shop where a girl who kind of looked like Tracy Bonham worked. Hmm. Oversharing. Number sixteen. Hungry. Time for angel hair, parmesan, and chicken of the sea. Trying to finish a copy of VHS. Anyone who recommends it to you is not your friend and means you harm. Consider punching them in the. <laughs> <laughs> Consider punching them in the throat. What was this podcast about again? <laughs> I've forgotten myself. Uh, number 17. Hey, shirtless Sean Corey, how you doing? Can you play a violin while singing quasi-grunge? No? Oh, okay. Put a shirt on then. Don't advertise that you ain't what you ain't selling. Number 18. Wasn't Darkseid on the Mayfair dice? I still have some of those in a box somewhere. By the way, this is shy commentary. No, sorry. That was the West End Games version of dice. Nice try. Uh, number 19. Thanks for the kind words about Oscar Ulala. You wearing a shirt? Oh, from the nice comments from Oscar Ulala. You wearing a shirt? Number 20. I've heard of Daphne Zuniga. Put your shirts back on, boys. Anyone have a copy of Last Rides on Blu ray? <laughs> Number 21. Firestorm. Aquaman. They, you make a super it pair. This is all screwed up. I mean, he was freaking nine sheets to the wind. By the time he got the number 21, and he just writes, he's trying to type out our song, I think is what he's trying to do. So, that is Mr. Frank uh, progressively getting lower through a bottle of, uh, a couple bottles, and uh, it just cracks me up. All right, now I said I love Luke's response here. He says, Frank, if you're still waiting for the definitive Hawkman take, I think it's time to hang that particular hat back on the rack and let it go. <laughs> At this point, the character's been around for 70 years and had 3.5 massive tear-down and rebuild transformations over that period, plus countless tweaks, adjustments, and niggles. I don't see the character being completely overhauled again in our lifetimes, but hey, Savage Hawkman is getting a toy. Woo! That's right, he is getting a toy. And Firestorm can't? So anyway, Frank and Luke go back and forth a lot on Hawkman. And then I get into it with Frank about his insulting Ace Kilroy, but that's a whole other thing. My favorite thing about that, though, and he says, warning, any attempt to correct me will lead to Sticks reference. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. And sure enough, you come in and try and correct him. So he just gives a string of Ace Kilroy. 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 All from Sticks. (laughs) And then Dan Cynical Adams ends it with, uh, Frank's mega feedback was purely magical. Wow, thanks, man. I needed that. Let me tell you, I read Frank's commentary um, while I was on my lunch break from work one day, and I started crying. I was laughing so hard by the end of it. Uh, so uh, it, it really made my day. So Let's see. Um, good Lord, are we doing the next one? we got more from Frank. Uh, I'll do this one. He says, uh, okay. as I've said in the past, I think it's a bad idea to ever have guests on the Who's Who podcast because the whole show is about how two established fanboys – Feel about the DC Universe character by character. Any additional speakers ruins that dynamic. I don't agree with that, Frank, and you'll see that you're wrong. 
you, we do the Martian Manhunter book, you will be there. Yes, you play well off one another, and while it's interesting when one or the other of you is replaced on a given F&W episode, I wouldn't appreciate that being the norm. The chemistry may not be as crackerjack as more famous duos, but what, what would anyone really want Simon and Simon without both Gerald McCraney and Jameson Parker? I don't really, I really don't appreciate the negative that regular, that negative review because thanks to my need to defend you as a couple, the image of Shaq, Robin Shaq's love child will plague my nightmares forever. Oh, good lord! Uh, two, you know what else was a huge international <laughs> television success? Baywatch. That my, this is this is in reference to me saying Doctor Who was a huge international exactly. success. My father got me watching a new generation Doctor Who a few years ago, and it's fun if repetitive. That doesn't mean he and my first girlfriend don't deserve scorn and derision for wasting years watching the boring, cheesy original series on PBS 30 years ago. On the other hand, mm, Martha Jones. That joint will be lousy with Amy Pons, but a proper <laughs> but a proper and in this case legitimate Martha Pond, Martha Jones sighting is a rare treat that also sends my thoughts back to Baywatch Beach. Say Valentine's Day could work out okay with an inventive tweak and probable bulking up smoothing out of a sonic screwdriver. Oh Lord. Now we'll tell you, Frank, uh, the actress who played Martha Jones is gonna be there. Oh boy. So it's it's not just girls dressing up as her uh Freema Agamwa, whatever her name is, yeah, is that, actually gonna that be was there. Her name, Freema Agamwa. Um, I read a couple Coverberg Vigilante issues, and they read like Coverberg, which means awesome. But maybe I should consider believing Rob, maybe possibly. I believe Alan Davis has lured away to Marvel with the promise of X-Book riches. While I think Mike Barr had some dispute with editorial that led his career to rapidly contract. I think that's probably correct. I think I read about that. Kevin Smith's Daredevil didn't come along two years later when Joe Kelly and Gene Coleman were doing a nostalgic, nostalgic placeholder run. I don't remember who replaced Kessel, but he didn't exactly goose sail, so it was no surprise. I agree that Wade is on the exact same road as Kessel, but I found I don't particularly enjoy either, because Dee Dee was just a poor man's Spidey before Frank Miller. Then again, I'm the guy who championed Denny O'Neill's last year or so as an underappreciated gem. I'm the guy who actually liked Micah Sin. Wade has benefited from great art, where Carrie Nord clearly would have been better suited to grim stories, though I liked his eel redesign. Six, didn't Rom pimp Tomahawk in a minor blog coaster we did years ago? Yes, I did. Um, also, Rob made a sex joke. Rob, why didn't Shag groan and threaten to edit that out? <laughs> I forgot that I even made that joke. Seven, when I had my shop and did quasi-trade paperback bundles of books, often not available under one cover, I sold my run of Green Lantern Mosaic that way and have regretted it ever since. Eight, Dematis, talking about Jay Dematis, it's Dematis. Oh. Yeah, you know what? We're not going to get into because we're not going to we're not going to cover Facebook and Twitter this time, guys. Right. We're just on time. But um, not too long after this episode, thanks to Mr. Andy Capellish, uh, I had a conversation with uh, Mr. Dematis on Twitter, and we went back and forth about how to say his name. We talked about his run of Doctor Fate and stuff like that. So um, pretty cool stuff. That's right. Ten wasn't Somerset Holmes also part of that blog crossover? No, that's not part right. I only read one issue, and by read I mean bought a copy whose cover featured ample side boob in hopes to, in hopes of spanking to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it disappointed in that respect, but I went back to a well-worn copy of Heavy Metal with an Horatio Altoona story instead. The Lewis Warrior cover didn't hurt. Heavy Metal was only truly great as gateway porn available on the newsstand to underage boys. God. Uh, he's okay. right about that, though. He's right about that. Um, he goes through another, like, 65 comments. I want to skip down to the end. He talks about um, my late part, my late, to, my late to the party entries. I trade waited for the Frank Miller Trinity, Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One, and Daredevil Born Again. More devastatingly, though, I didn't read Watchmen until 1994 and remain unimpressed. 
Martial Law was my Watchmen. I'm not as big on Alan Moore in general, which means I've yet to read most of his Swamp Thing, any of his Marvel Man of or from Hell, nor most of his Avatar work. Actually, there were two sex jokes from Rob, Giant Size Man-Thing and Frank Thorne's contribution to puberty. Also, the language barrier has, begun clear, has clearly begun to slip into a firm PG-13 late primetime basic cable area. Not complaining, just observing. Yeah, well, we dropped a couple ones this time, too. Yeah. Um, Marvel Man by yes. Alan Moore yes. is so good. That's a great series. I mean, it's like it starts good, but like it, it is such a building effort to the oh, point. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, by issue 15, it's just like, oh my gosh! Crazy stuff. Oh, I want I want a necklace. Anyway, that's a Neil Gaiman issue, actually, but anyway. Um, Jack Dower sent us an email. He said, Ahoy, Fleet Commanders. I was listening to the newest episode of Fire and Water. Wish I did some stellar coverage of Firestorm 15. I noticed that two-thirds of the show was listener feedback. This got me th- thinking about supporting characters. Rob and Jack are the stars, and Frank, Siskoid, Little Russell Bourbon, and show one are kind of your henchmen. Um, <laughs> I mean, supporting cast. They are all henchmen. Like they're all wearing like the uh, Beagle Boy masks and the striped shirts and stuff. Because yes. because they're not uh, really the heroes or villains of the piece, but they give you a real chance to deepen your views with us, the listener, and sometimes take the show to places it would not normally go. Here's my question: Who are some great supporting characters in the Fires from Aquaman series? The caliber of an Alfred, J. Jonah Jameson, or Michael Bailey? Um, of course, Volko would be that for Aquaman, but now we know the truth about that. Um, how about uh, some that need to be as dead as any series starring OMAC, like Batmite, Quisp, and Martian Manhunter? Always fanning the flame and riding the wave, Jack Dower. P- I would I say for Firestorm, uh, great supporting cast members would be probably um, his buddy uh, Jefferson from the early ep- issues of the series, uh, his fellow basketball player, best buddy. I would say, I mean, Professor Martin Stein isn't really supporting cast, well, well, I think he's main cast. Who was the guy with the mutton chops? Well, Cliff Carmichael, Cliff I was Carmichael. actually going to say, Cliff Carmichael actually makes a pretty good supporting cast member as a foil. Uh, he's a bit of a one-note or one-trick pony, though. After a while, it gets kind of old. I would say Doreen Day needs to be run over by a bus and taken out. So, Ooh. Now, Jason actually had a supporting cast member, and I can't even remember her name. She was uh, this nice lady who lived across the street. She was an elderly uh, Asian like physicist. And she only appeared in a few issues because the series kind of changed direction. But um, she would have been pretty, she was a pretty cool supporting cast member while she was around. He, uh, Jack Dower continued, I was listening to the newest Fire and Water podcast episode. Shag was waxing eloquent on the need to deepen the backstory of the three nifty new Firestorm enemies. This got me thinking about a fantastic way they have to deepen the Ocean Master and Black Mana character relationships rivalry with the guy who talks to fish. So here's my question. Shag, how would you deepen the relationship rivalry between Firestorm and Slipknot? Rob, how would you do the same thing between Arthur and Unthing? I'm not even going to get into that, Jack. And said, yes, I know, that's a tough one. Yeah. You're still my favorite podcast in spite of the Penguin Hater stuff. Ride the wave and fan the flame, Jack Dower. Um, let's see. Uh, Firestorm and Slipknot. I mean, uh, you probably would need to show a connection between maybe Professor Stein and Slipknot, like they knew each other uh, on a project, or Ronnie and Slipknot. I mean, really, I think the way to go would be to connect their uh, civilian identities in some way. You know, probably not family, but just, you know, they, they had uh, conflicted with their civilian identities at some point, and that would sort of extrapolate from there. Sort of a uh, Eddie Brock, Peter Parker sort of thing. Derek Crabb, uh, just one, uh, let's see, he is working on, over on Blip TV, his history of comics on film. He did a new thing with Challenge of the Super Friends, and he was kind enough to give us a shout-out. We really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, we got one from Justin Frieden. 
uh, an email. Thanks, Shag. I'd forgotten all about that episode, so I had to go back and rewatch it, uh, which is also, at least Ron Perlman turned to some fantastic voice work, as always. Speaking of Firestorm, I really enjoyed your discussion with Rob about Firestorm number 15. I have virtually no interest in the new 52, but that sounded like a very solid issue. We need more Firestorm, Captain Adam team-ups, in my humble opinion. Well, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get that in some other future book. I'll go back and read the, uh, the, the blank slate Firestorm. He, he dealt with Captain Adam quite a bit. Yeah. Got an email from Sean Oren's dad. He says he listened to the Geek Talk, uh, Geek Talk podcast and realized I keep meaning to send comments on the last few podcasts, so here you go. Um, Shag, you've got to get around to reading Atari Force. Thanks to the Who's Who podcast, I recently dug out my old run and have been reading them again. They're still great fun. He agrees with me that Sean McManus's Dr. Fate run was awesome. His art was made for that run. He agrees that comic collectors all go through a Batman phase. He says, thankfully, mine was brief. <laughs> uh, his five favorite superheroes are Aquaman, Hawkman. Like Rob, I can't understand why no one can write a good book for this guy. Hawk and Dove, he only counts them as one hero. And why can't someone write a good series? Negative Man from the Doom Patrol, and Jack Knight Starman. Speaking of Jack Knight Starman, the Sins of the Father run in that series was great. Actually, there were a lot of great runs in that book. Uh, then he goes on to the original Graham Morrison, Crawling from the Wreckage run on Doom Patrol was one I really enjoyed. It went sideways from where the book had been going. It just kept going sideways. You know, i got to say, this is Shag now, uh, mentioning the Jack Knight Starman and the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, great choices. Absolutely. I don't know that they're underrated, but definitely great series that people should check out. Uh, let's see, having been a teenager in the 80s, there are so many great stories and runs from that era I could choose from, so hard to pick. Some stories that I remember fondly are the Frankenstein alien issues from Young All-Stars, the early Todd McFarlane stuff in Infinity Inc., and Paris Cullen's run on both Blue Beetle and Blue Devil. All oh, that stuff was great. It says, Shag, I'm totally jealous of you going to Gallifrey. One, I'm a huge Who fan, both old and new, and would love to go. You'll have to spend some time on a future episode telling us of the great stories and how awesome it was. Now, Sean, with all that talk about you and I being in sync... Why aren't you talking about Firestorm? You should be reading Firestorm. I'm just saying. You'd, you'd love it, man. So, that was Sean Orn's dad, Brock. Uh, we got an email from Derek Burke. Hi, guys. Been listening to your podcast since the beginning. Being a fan of Aquaman, I searched for him on Twitter and came across the Aquaman Shrine. I saw a link to the podcast on one of Rob's tweets, checked it out, and have listened to every episode ever since. I even tweeted the Shrine how much I enjoyed the show and quickly received a reply, reply, reply from Rob, which I thought was very cool. That may have been from Joe. Uh, recently, <laughs> <laughs> if it was the Twitter feed, it was probably Joe. I recently left my first iTunes review ever, despite listening to a wide variety of podcasts for your show. The fine work, gentlemen, and thanks for all your great content. Sincerely, Dennis. <laughs> Derek. Corey Hodgson sent us a message saying, uh, love the latest episode. I recently was trying to explain to a friend why I don't watch Doctor Who, and Rob pretty much echoed my sentiments. Uh, it's something even nerds can look down on. Man, I think I'm going to stop reading this letter here. Uh, I didn't say anything about the show. If you anyone goes back and listen to, the, to that episode, I said nothing about the show. I told her before that the new series started. My cousin and I. Um, I told her before the new series started that my cousin and I used to go to a lot of comic cons, and there was always one dude there with his Tom Baker scarf. Even though we were at a comic convention, my cousin and I would still say, "At least we're not that guy." Also, I remember being really young and liking Star Wars. My parents figured since I liked Star Wars, I would like Doctor Who, and every afternoon at four would sit me in front of the TV, turn on my PBS, and force me to watch the show. Being four or five at the time, I had no idea what the heck this thing was, and I've been resented Doctor Who ever since. Thanks for that. Uh, just for that, I'm not going to wear my 12-foot Doctor Who scarf to the convention next week, which, by the way, yes, I do own a 12-foot Doctor Who scarf. Uh, as far as this series run that I like that would never be collected, I would have to say the Roger Stern, Tom Wilde, Starman series from the 80s is one of my favorite all-time comics. That was the one comic I look forward to month in and month out. 
dude, let me tell you, he hit on something here. This was a great underappreciated series. Uh, this is Shag. I'm sorry, by the way, saying this. I um, that comic is is responsible for bringing me back to superhero comics and making me enjoy them again. I was I was totally immersed in the Vertigo verse at that point. So uh, he said his favorite characters are Superman, Aquaman, Firestorm, Spider Man, and the Will Payton Starman. He mentioned uh, he was surprised that I did not mention the Phantom Fan- Stranger is one of my top five characters. He says, we even do a blog on the guy. At least hope he's in your top ten. Um, yes, he is in my top ten. Part of the reason uh, that I create a blog is if I see there's like a niche, you know, there's an opening for something like that, you know, it's, it's like my favorite characters are Batman, Green Arrow, Plastic Man. They all have their own blogs. So, um, Phantom Stranger, yes, he is in my top ten all-time favorite characters, but he was also a character that I felt like just had no web presence. So I thought you know, I could do a good blog about it. So, me doing a blog on something doesn't necessarily mean it's like my all-time favorite thing. It's it's kind of a combo of the two things. That's right. So watch next week for the new um, Brother Power of the Geek blog from the That's Rob right. Kelly family of blogs. It's going to be fantastic. Our good buddy Ed the Unique Geek sent us these cool pictures. I don't know if you've seen these yet, Rob. I did. Uh, They're cool. I did not know this was part of this movie. Yeah. He was watching a surfing documentary called Step in a Liquid and noticed there was a guy wearing an Aquaman wetsuit while he was surfing. That's and, fantastic. Uh, Ed sent us some pictures. It was really cool. Uh, next up, Hector Negrete. I got to read this. This is this is a great letter. I know we're running on time, but I got I got to read this. This is Hector Negrete. Yes, it is January six, two thousand thirteen. Marked my first year as a devoted Fire and Water podcast listener, and I wouldn't know how uh, I wouldn't know how far this would take me. I have to thank Shag, who with a single tweet got my attention. A podcast that was centered on two of my favorite comic characters, but largely underrated by comic fans. First Firestorm, he was one of my favorite characters on Superpowers cartoon and Aquaman, a character I was pretty much fond of as a kid. Among, along with uh, Batman, Green Lantern, and Daredevil, I would deliver to you my top five favorite characters ever. My surprise a few episodes later when I was named on the show is part of the then echoless listener feedback. But as usual on Shag, I had my name mispronounced, and unwillingly this would become my own personal running gag on the show. And I kept listening to see Shag, in spite of all my efforts, kept mispronouncing my name. Then when I took the liberty to email a small audio file for pronouncing my name, which I missed as part of the stinger at the end of a show, until Rob mentioned a few days later on Twitter. I've become not only a huge fan of the show, but I feel I've also been befriended by you both, and thanks for that. When you're listening to the podcast for the first time, you never expect to become sort of friends with the hosts. But indeed, this has happened with Fire and Water. And now I don't feel like just a listener, but part of a family. Also wanted to point out that if you... um, that you have already what it might be your youngest listener, my son Pablo, who is two months old, which seems to enjoy the show. Actually, I believe Shag's voice is soothing enough that Pablo falls asleep right away. That or he gets bored. Not really sure which at this time. So I'm not really sure if that's a dig. I think it, I, I don't know if that's a dig or not. Anyway. Pablo is the only one. <laughs> Wake up, Rob. Can't stress enough how grateful I am for running across this podcast, as well as well, thanks for the mentions of my own personal project, La Cueva del Nerd, which has also been growing steadily. Guys, keep up the good work, and I'm dying to have a few tequilas, or my ties, for Shag's pleasure, real soon. Really love you guys. Heck, now, he, he phonetically typed out his name differently here. We always say, we always say Hector Negrete, and he wrote Negregte, the, they, Negregvi. So, uh, I think he's effing with you. I think he's screwing with me. All right. Uh, Ryan Melbourne. Hi, guys. Just wanted to ask if you could confirm the continuing Firestorm cancellation rumors. Well, Ryan, ignore ignore the email. I 
Ignore the email I sent you this morning, Ryan. Uh, yes, I can confirm Firestone's cancellations rumors in case somehow you got to the second two-hour mark of the podcast and didn't hear the first half. This next uh, one is really cruel. Mike Gillis. Mike Gillis. Uh, thanks, Mike. When Shag was pondering what first <laughs> big WTF moment was, I was immediately struck by a cruel thought. The gatefold cover could open up to reveal the word canceled in big red block letters. Oh, in a drawing first one by Rob Liefeld. That would be even worse. It's kind of ironic that somehow I managed to put these two comments at the end of the listener feedback. Can I just say before we get off this, that reminds me, Mike's comment reminds me, there was a TV show on Fox. I think it only, I don't remember the name of it, and I think it only ran like half a season. That would be any show on Fox. Well, Simpsons, but okay. And and, any good show on Fox, like Firefly and things like that, Again, Simpsons. But all right. Um, but anyway, there was a show on Fox. I don't remember the name of it, but it was. It only ran for like half a season or something. And in the final scene of the final episode, all the characters are in the scene, and like one character says to something, "Well, aren't we going to go do this?" Because they're like following whatever the plot was of that episode. And the main character goes, "No, we're not going to do that." And the 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 other character goes, "Why aren't we?" And he goes, "Because we've been canceled." And they all and turn to look at the camera. And the camera pans off, and that's the final shot of the show. How funny. It was, like, most surreal things. That's what I think about when, like, I don't think I've ever seen that in a comic where, like, the comic acknowledges within the fourth world that it's been canceled. That'd be kind of an interesting thing to do. Ambush Bug could do it. Yeah. I'm not not Firestorm, obviously, but anyway. I don't know why I went for that diversion. I just thought it would be funny. Yeah, it's a really nice, solid way to end the show there, buddy. Woof! Anyway, uh, we are actually going to end the show with our Steam Award. And let me tell you... This was tough, folks. <laughs> so tough, in fact, that we have got to do a three-way tie. We have never had a three-way tie with the Steam Award. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Steam Award, the Steam Award goes to those folks who go above and beyond to either promote the Fire and Water podcast or just really celebrate Firestorm and Aquaman in some way uh, or the podcast itself. And we've got three big winners this time. Rob, you want to cover the first one? Yes, uh, the first one is from little Russell Burbage, who uh, was kind enough to send us, both me and Shag, aqua cookies. Uh, <laughs> and they were delicious. They were butter cookies shaped like Aquaman and shaped like little whales and fish. They were quite wonderful. Uh, as I wrote on our my Facebook wall, uh, t- duration between uh, box being opened and cookies all being gone, 9.8 seconds. <laughs> I shared them with uh, Darlene Tracy and uh, gave a tiny little crumb to to Johnny because she likes cookies too. So thank you, Russell. It was uh, very much appreciated. And it even came in a cool aqua-centric package with a Super Friends uh, stationery. I I do have a little confession to make. Um, You know, I got the cookies, and uh, I said I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to anyway. I I actually emailed Rob. I'm like, (laughs) I was like, Russell's a really cool guy. This is really nice of him. But I don't really know him that well. Are these safe to eat? <laughs> Is he the mad poisoner from the 70s? I just didn't know. I was like, you know, I really want to eat these. They smell great. They look great. He seems to be a nice guy, but I don't know him as well as you do. And then, like, after I wrote the email, I saw Rob's posting on Facebook. I'm like, okay, these are safe to eat. Come here, kids. <laughs> if I had been smarter, I would have said, no, he's not safe and had you send me your cookies. Right. Well, myself, my wife, and my two children thoroughly enjoyed those. Those were awesome. So uh, our next Steam Award winner 
is Ryan Count Drunkula Daily, folks. Uh, he wrote, hey, guys, I got busy and missed about two months with the Fire and Water podcast, but tonight I finally got caught up. As always, each episode is, if not pure gold, at least iron sulfide. Keep up the terrific work, gentlemen, and as a special treat, I offer the attached image, the first, quote, Fire and Water podcast play date. Something I'm, I do regularly on my on Black Canary blog, which is called Flowers and Fishnets. I hope you enjoy it. I'll send you more when I get the chance. Hell, I'll even sell them to you, send them to you if you don't. Ride the wave and fan the flame. And it is this hysterical photograph of an Aquaman and Firestorm action figure, and they are doing the beatdown on El Dorado. <laughs> Aquaman's standing with his foot on El Dorado's back. El Dorado's back and goes, knows who's, who's entry for El Dorado? Pfft, why do you even bother existing? El Dorado's going, please, you said you liked me. Firestorm, as Firestorm's punching him in the back of the head, he's donkey punching him. He says, we like winners, like Dr. Double X and Computo. <laughs> now, I realize this is more of like a, a who's who joke, but it's Firestorm and Aquaman. It had to go here in Firewater, and it's, it's hysterical. This will be on our Tumblr, folks, I promise. Probably have it over on Firestorm Fan, too, actually. It's the work of a madman. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, ironically, uh, years ago on my Once Upon a Geek blog, I used to do photo images like that with uh, Yoda hitting on Black Canary. And uh, was, they were kind of weird and creepy, but... <laughs> I think that's obvious. <laughs> but he did uh, the Black Canary... Uh, he does the same thing with Black Canary blog, so I just thought that was kind of ironic. Anyway, our last Steam Award winner goes to... Hector Negrete. Yes! Uh, he sent us another graphic... Uh, I mentioned on my uh, Facebook uh, wall that I've been uh, – well, I posted a, a panel from The Dark Knight Returns because, of course, there's a character, one of the mutants characters. There's two guys that are kind of like this um, Rosencrantz and Gilderstern of, uh, of The Dark Knight Returns named Rob and Don. And they have their names stenciled on their shirts and they talk in that weird patois with the, you know, uh, Rob don't shiv and stuff like that. And uh, Ball's nasty, all that kind of stuff. I've been kind of – I've been sort of revisiting The Dark Knight Returns because I've been watching the animated adaptation. Anyway, I posted that panel that inspired Hector, who obviously had way too much free time, to, <laughs> to do a little piece called Fire and Water Returns. And you've got the two mutant guys. My name is Rob and my name is Shag. You see, Shag, composite Superman, don't shiv. Slipknot, peg, composite Superman, you see. <laughs> it's no less ridiculous than anything that appeared in the Dark Knight sequel by Frank. So... <laughs> Absolutely true. So, uh, absolute, guys, a great batch of listener feedback. A great, great Steam Award winners. Guys, those will be in the mail to you soon. They were, um, just remember, they are as tangible as Steam itself. Yes. So, hold tight to those things, ladies and gentlemen. Three times zero so, is still zero. That's right. Folks, um, be sure to check us out on Tumblr. Rob, what's that Tumblr site? Fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. And you can, of course, send us an email at firewaterpodcast.comcast.net. You can visit our sites at AquamanShrine.com and FiredComics.com. Uh, oh, wait, never mind. Uh, FirestormFan.com. And we're both on Facebook and Twitter as the same. You can also find FirestormFan on uh, Google Plus and Tumblr. So uh, until next time, folks, fan the flame and ride the wave. Thanks, guys, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Aquaman and Firestorm. Fighting crime together Soak them down or burn them up No one does it better Whenever you find trouble They'll always be there To catch them in a bubble Or even torch their hair 
friends forever. Yeah. This is the end.